I'm Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Hanging with Team Kanan. to hang in with Team Kanan, where three of your favorite rebel scumbags get together to talk about Star Wars Rebels and all good things within the Star Wars galaxy. I am Katrina Dennis, also known as O'Katrina, and with me are my co-pilots. First off, Jonah Marie Macias. Hello, Jonah. How are you? Hey, Katrina. I'm well. I'm excited to be talking about a lot of things Star Wars. I mean, we need to catch up big time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we have Jeremy Conrad as well. How are you, Jeremy? I am doing well. I'm in, I am retail tired. Oh, it's <laughs> but, all uh, you're almost there. It's so close. But uh, I have a Star Wars moral conundrum to ask you guys before we start. So Hot Topic did the holiday her universe pins this year, mm-hmm. and I or I made. I went on and I ordered the absolute cheapest item I could find, <laughs> which was um, an extra small Star Wars tank top. <laughs> and I got one of the pins. Uh-huh. And I need to know if I morally am okay to return the... The tank? The, 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 the tank top. If you can. Because I got to love with you. I don't even think I can, like, fit it over my arm. I would... <laughs> Model it for the website or something. If you can, I think that I think the shirt. Because I, I also looked to see what was like. I put them in order of from price least to greatest, and exactly. I thought, and I saw that, and I'm like, well, I can't fit an extra small. That's not gonna happen. I was like, extra small, add to cart. <laughs> um, but I it did know. say. I think I... it said final sale. So you you might, but you might not. So All right, so. You heard it here first, everybody. Next year at Celebration, <laughs> come find me. And I'm actually holding it up right now looking at it. I have a wonderful A New Hope, Her Universe tank top for one of our listeners. And extra all you have to do small. Is, extra small. And all you have to do is come up and just ask me for it and you can have it. <laughs> wonderful. But I'm I just... did get the pin and it's amazing. <laughs> Well, that's good. At least, at least you got something out of it. Well, that that's awesome, and we have quite a lot to talk about this week. We're two episodes behind, just because it's been quite a, a busy time this holiday, uh, and we also have Rogue One to talk about. So I'm really excited because we've all finally seen it, and whoo, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> But first, let's go ahead and jump right into the episodes. First off, we've got episode 10 of season 3, An Inside Man. 
And uh, in this episode, Kanan and Ezra infiltrate an Imperial factory back on Lothal. We're really excited to be there again with Ryder. And some very shocking discoveries come about. And Thrawn comes back on the scene. And he's super creepy. And it's a good return after having two admittedly kind of filler-esque episodes. This is kind of like a back to... Oh man, I forgot when Rebels was scary, you know. Oh, I really liked Inside Man. I mean, Callus. Mm-hmm. It was all about yeah. Callus mm-hmm. and the fact that he's fulcrum, and I'm happy. Shocking! <laughs> Shocking! Oh I no! My couch and fell over. <laughs> uh, but it was nice to have it confirmed, you know, because it was that you know, was he, wasn't he, sort of a thing. So it was great to finally have a confirmation from the man himself and it worked out pretty well I thought I like the fact that Kanan and Ezra just didn't want to believe him at all <laughs> uh, I, I thought this was this was a good shocking return to Thrawn again and yes. I, I like I like that a lot about the episode because it's it, it's he's kind of like I don't know I feel like I, I haven't been satisfied by his recent appearances and this is kind of back to the whole like oh my god he's a big deal and he's scary and I need to be scared of him and, and Lars Mikkelsen, of course, just every word he says is like, oh, man, this is so haunting and beautiful. And so I was very pleased with that this episode. What about you, Jeremy? Yeah, that was the standout for me. And that, the, my favorite scene was at the end where, you know, Callus knows that Thrawn knows that he is the inside man. And, you know, that Thrawn knows that Callus knows that he's the inside man. <laughs> And Callus just like, dude, bro, stands there and he's like, what do you want to do, Thrawn? And Thrawn's, Thrawn's all like, oh, I'll take care of you. Don't you worry. And it's just like <laughs> silence between the two of them. But they had that knowing look. It was it was really well done. Yeah, he was he's he was pretty ruthless in this episode. Just straight up murdering dudes. Yeah. Yeah. That did we, watching uh, someone have to speed himself into his own murder. That was something we haven't been able to do also, in a little while. <laughs> I also thought it was important to Ezra, too, to see. I mean, I know he gets a lot of, you know, he gets a lot of examples of how ruthless the Empire is. But this is just how Iron Fist, sque- like, squeezing the life out of the Rebellion. Mm-hmm. This is what it's like to go up against the Empire. Mm-hmm. They don't care about you. You are mm-hmm. nothing to them. Mm-hmm. That you are below their boot, and you have to prove to them that you are not. And it was very it was also cool to see him learn that he needs to pick and choose his battles almost like you can't just okay there's 500 people around us and we're in this factory and there's stuff everywhere you can't just go hey no you can't do that and try and stop Thrawn you have to you have to be careful right Mm -hmm. yeah I I think that was an important lesson for him to learn it didn't make his want of fighting against the Empire lesson though like it didn't waver it's something that he's been wanting to do he wants to defeat the Sith he also wants to defeat the Empire so I feel like it just made the fire burn more inside of him now because of the fact that he lost someone from his childhood well see you know Ezra is not going to want to fight the Empire anymore or be a part of the rebellion when he finally accepts his master's oh. plan and they just oh gosh move past all of this silly war that they have going on <laughs> and dig deeper but we'll get into that when we talk about the next episode. I'm, I'm yeah. here sitting thinking, oh, he's going to bring up something really interesting here. And it always goes back no. to Maul. It always... Nope. 
back to stepdad talk. <laughs> Hate it. Hate it. I like this episode, especially watching it after Rogue One. I watched it again today, and it gives me a... It's a lot of perspective once you go into the movie and see the rebels on the ground and how everything functions kind of on the inside. And it kind of shows you that for the Empire in this episode, too. I thought that that was a really big point that's made in this episode is that the Empire is ruthless. Like, they will kill you in front of everyone to make an example of you even if you know what the even if there's an inkling of your innocence so i think that that was really cool in a really morbid way i guess um (laughs) to kind of show people because man they are the bad guys and sometimes we forget because thrawn is just so cool And everything is just so cool. And it's like, oh, oh man, they're terrible. <laughs> uh, one thing that I really liked of Rogue One, since we're on that topic, was that the rebels didn't come across as these peaceful people that are the good guys at all time and whatnot. And, you know, they're, they're, their hands are just as dirty as the Empire. And... What I find interesting is that in Star Wars Rebels, it's it's sort of you keep seeing the rebels being painted in a good way because um, like I, there was that moment where I'm just going to jump into it where Cassian kills that informant towards the very beginning of the movie. Uh, I, like I just thought of what if Ezra was put in that position? Like I, I don't see Ezra doing that. Ezra would try to help the guy up to where they needed to get to. So it, it's interesting the way that the rebels are portrayed given the the circumstances circumstance in the situation do you think that rebels gets us i mean not softer with that kind of thing because of you know being on disney xd and being an animated series and i i guess you could argue being more aimed for a younger audience yeah it definitely plays a role yeah like they're not i mean they're not going to show ezra just like go talk to a guy about like where they're keeping some y-wings and just shove his lightsaber through his chest you know what i mean? <laughs> I can see anakin doing that <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the interesting things being a rebels fan and then going and seeing this film and like this is the how i always pictured the rebellion being anyway you know mm-hmm. you get your hands dirty as well yeah there are there are splinter groups it's a lot of infighting it's a lot of politics it's mm-hmm. all of this and yeah you're right jonah we don't get that on this show a whole lot it's all no, the rebellion is right and the empire is wrong, and this is how you should feel. Yeah, it's very black and white. Yeah, mm-hmm. unless yeah. you know, unless you know, Maul's involved, and then <laughs> there's more gray area there. Jeremy, I think we should cap the number of times you should reference Maul in an episode. That's okay. That's okay. But... I have a plethora of things I can call him. Oh goodness! And this is the problem. We can't cap it this episode because the very next episode oh, is right. all about Maul. Yeah, um, so you know, jump in. I'm sending you both that Maul picture I send you all the time, Joan. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should make that your holiday Christmas card and and send that off to people. <laughs> I should, but I think uh, yeah, I think that that's about it as far as uh, an inside man. I thought. This episode is really well put together. Um, one of the better written episodes of the season. And yeah, I loved it. And honestly, you know what the most beautiful shot in this episode was? And it made me feel bad sitting there and going like, wow, that was really well done. Was when Ezra sent Callus back into the glass. Oh my God, yes. Was like, that, was, that shot was really well laid out. It looked really good. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I did. felt bad because I was like, oh, but he got hurt. <laughs> but then but I remember Kanan all wanted to do it too. <laughs> yeah, He's okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, next up, we've got Visions and Voices, episode 11 of the third season of Star Wars Rebels. This was a really, really cool episode, especially because I have just recently reread Dark Disciple by Christy Golden. And a lot of that occurs on Dathomir, which plays a huge role in this episode. So it was really, really cool to see some things that I imagine kind of come to life. But yeah, uh, let's start this off with Jeremy, our mall expert, Mr. Mall, Mr. Mrs. Mall. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I got a what giant did... smile on my face. <laughs> as as soon as I saw the previews for the episode, I was like, I just wish I was sitting next to Jonah <laughs> when, when, when they revealed what this episode was going to be about. Mm-hmm. And I, it was like the Bendu saying, then don't turn around, Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I loved it. I thought it was great. I think it's awesome that they had him return to Dathomir and kind of retreat there. I think it's awesome that he knew that he needed to use Ezra and to a degree Kane he, I, he let's be honest he knew Kanan and Sabine were going to follow and that he would end up using them as well and you know he got what he wanted he got the information he needed he's on a collision course with my other favorite saga character Obi-Wan and I I mean it was everything I wanted contrary to teasing Jonah so much I don't want Ezra to become Maul's apprentice because frankly Ezra's beneath Maul <laughs> but wow. he's not on his level anyway. So the so, gloves are coming but, off, Jeremy. <laughs> but, I see. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I don't want Ezra to become all's apprentice. I want Ezra, and I actually want if if we're gonna jump ahead into our predictions for the second half of the season a little bit. I actually prefer if they get to Tatooine at the same time as Maul, and even if Maul sees Obi Wan, Ezra is the one who takes him down. Finally, that would be amazing. I actually think they might lead into that because I I feel like I would vicariously live through Ezra. (laughs) (laughs) But I just I can't say enough about Sam Witwer and how he portrayed. He is taken over all now. It's like Ray Park was, you know, he had his moments in episode one with like his jumping around and all that. It was great showing off his fighting style and everything. But Sam Witwer will be Darth Maul for me till the day I die. He's so confident and he's so just, uh, he just gives him this air of, you know, I, I'm 10 steps ahead of you and we both realize it and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. I he's agree. an ultimate chess player and he, I love that he has no affiliation with the Empire or the Rebellion. I love that he's his own person out for his own, you know, he, he wants his own power. He wants he wants the power. He wants to take down the Empire. He doesn't want the Rebellion there. Maul would be perfectly happy to be like Thanos in the Marvel Universe sitting on a throne, floating above space and just <laughs> smiling at everything because he's conquered it. I, I'm. I love what the animated series have done with Darth Maul because when I saw episode one, I was like everybody else. I was so disappointed. They took this, you know, admittedly cosmetically awesome looking character and just completely neutered him by the end of the movie. And just he fell down that chute. And it was like the biggest regret of all Star Wars for me and the animated series bringing him back 
and bringing him to prominence and giving him all of these layers has just been a thrill for me as a Star Wars fan. Aww. <laughs> well, when you put it that way. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of endearing. Aww. I loved this episode. Uh, like I said, I loved the visit to Dathomir. I'm really excited to see all the, the Night Sister ghosts. Uh, I thought that was really cool to tie them all back to that again. And then bring the dark saber into the picture, which has been the one thing I've been really excited about ever since I saw Sabine holding it in the trailer. I'm really, really stoked about her having the dark saber. Yeah, I really loved when she and Kanan were possessed, mm-hmm. and that you know she was able to use this, the the dark saber in that instance. And oh man, does just that taste of it! I was like, I, I gotta have more. I gotta have more. <laughs> Yeah. So like yeah, season absolutely. second half of season season three is just gonna be oh man it's gonna be mind blowing and I oh I should actually just mention did you guys see the poster that Rebels reactions I think it was had yes yes because yeah, Sabine is in there to, I was about to bring uh, bring that up when we uh, when we glanced into Rogue One but let's talk about it now I'm really excited for it. Um, it's got Saw Gerrera on it, and people are kind of bringing up the fact that he looks a little young for a couple years before Rogue One. And here's my theory. That crazy monster tentacle thing, I need to still take down the name of that when I get back from the movie tonight. It's probably in the databank, actually. Like, what it did to Bodhi was something that happened over the course of a short time. I think that Saw seemingly had experience with that thing. And it made him very, very old over a short amount of time on top of the stress of a guerrilla fighting in war. So that maybe is why Saul looks so young in the in the poster and the lighting. Yeah. And it looks like he still has. Oh, I mean, we only see the top half of him, but it looks like mm-hmm. he still has all his limbs. <laughs> so yeah. it, looks, it doesn't look like he's gone through the rough part that will land him to where he is in Rogue One and apparently there's some sort of insecticide or something that affects him and that's why his eyes are different in the movie whereas they're you know the same that we've seen them in the in the show so it's, it's, you know something happens in there that obviously just takes years off his life yeah absolutely do you guys think we'll see young Jin with him? No, because he. It, no. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, she was sixteen when he left her. Oh shit! She she makes a specific point of saying in Rogue One, "I was sixteen. Right. Well, according to um, I think it was the Visual Dictionary, they had a little timeline oh. for him. I'm so I'm salty about the Visual Dictionary. It was supposed to be delivered by Amazon today, and it's marked <laughs> as delivered, and it's not here, Amazon. And no, uh, it was oh. supposed to be delivered for me on Friday, and I missed it, and now it's sitting in the post office. But someone had taken a picture of it, so that's why I'm aware of it. But yeah, it, it looks like the abandon when she, uh, when he abandoned Jin, it happened before he does his investigation of Geonosis with Rebels and that's what's going to happen in the first two episodes of the when the season comes back so it looks like Jin Jin being abandoned happened a little bit before Rebels his introduction in Rebels okay well okay. fine no. <laughs> well, time. Oh, that would have been cool, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I have this feeling we're really only gonna get like Leia, maybe Obi Wan after this episode. Uh, that was a really big point. Going back really quick before we head uh, on to Rogue One, Ezra and Maul seeing Obi Wan and having that that vision of the desert planet with two suns. I think that that's gonna be 
a big driver. And I'm really excited to see if that really leads Kanan and Ezra to Tatooine. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. don't want to see Luke. No. Not even Not like a- from the back. <laughs> like him I, I doing feel like some they- farming. <laughs> I- <laughs> what? How- okay. Here. Okay. I get more. I get moisture farming. What do they do? Just go around and kick the machine? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. They're like, well, I guess I farmed today. <laughs> I guess I'll go to Tashi Station and pick up some power converters. Oh, can you imagine if he's on his way to leave power converters? <laughs> I, okay, let me rephrase that. If they show like Luke standing there, can they? Can we get the same like hands on hips pose as in A New Hope? Oh from yeah. But uh, like, I don't want to hear. I don't want to see his face, and I don't want to hear him say anything. How about that? Okay. 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 <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know that I'd want to see Luke. I'm fine with Leia's role in in Rebels and what it was, and I'm I'm fine with Obi Wan coming back. Obviously, like I'd love to to have James Arnold Taylor back in the show. But I think that that's that's all I wanted to go over for this episode. I was really excited to see uh, Night Sister Ghosts. I was really excited for Sabine and the Dark Saber and what she's gonna do with it because. She's the one who chose to pick it up. I don't know why Ezra left it behind. I would not have. I would have just brought it with me if I was him. Well, but... his master told him not to touch it in the first place. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was something that he, you know, was interested in. I, don't, I mean, mm-hmm. he saw, he thought it looked cool, but I like that it was, you know, ultimate, he was more worried about what's happening in Kanan and whatnot, that he left it behind and that left the opportunity for Sabine to pick it up. I think Maul was afraid of it. Mm. Really? I think it represents a fail. I think anything that represents one of his failures is something that he doesn't want any part of. But because it's a piece of his history, he can't get rid of it. Interesting. Because I, in another podcast, I said that the Satine painting was more like a trophy. So the fact that the Darksaber was right there in a nice little cradle, it it was like, that's that's what led him to have Ah, that small victory against Kenobi. He had had the mural up where he could see it and the Darksaber underneath on display where it was, it was beneath the trophy. Mm. So you have triumph and and despair right right above and below each other. Interesting. That's I wonder if we I can get it. Maul for an interview and ask him. <laughs> I'll work on my Maul impression. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Don't encourage him. I was working so on I... a saw one. <laughs> Let's, I'll, I'll see if I can pull it out here. No. <laughs> Without further ado, let's talk about Rogue One. Um, yes, this... let's do that, Katrina. <laughs> no, nope, I can't do it. Nope. Don't do it. Don't do that. Stop. Uh, that, was a movie. that was actually pretty good. That one. Save the rebellion. <laughs> Save the dream. You gotta stick to Captain Erect. <laughs> or the rapping Bosque. <laughs> this this movie was uh, more than I expected and a little different from, than, than I expected. One of my favorite memories of this movie is uh, I got the opportunity to go to an all-media screening on the Disney Burbank lot. It was awesome. I love it. Um, I love that campus. It's just so nice over there. There's a really big Christmas tree. It was so pretty. And I was in a screening after our friend Geek Girl Diva 
and we were, you know, you're told not to talk to people or anything like that. And so, like, we tried to avoid each other, but then I saw, like, tears on her face, and it was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I got really emotional going into the movie, so I was already, like, super stoked. <laughs> nice. Oh, a shout out to Geek Girl Diva. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was really, really cool. So I'm, I'm going, I'm going in for another viewing tonight. Very excited for this. What did you guys think? Starting with Jonah Marie. Oh man, where do I begin? <laughs> Jonah, in full disclosure, Jonah and I have texted back and forth a little bit about this already. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I didn't want to rant like crazy on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because I just finished writing a super long things I liked and didn't like about Rogue One. <laughs> um, I I love the movie. I I love I, I and I keep telling people that I love two thirds of it, <laughs> which is the the first two thirds. I really enjoyed the build up, the introduction of the characters, them coming together, doing what seemed to be the impossible, and then all of a sudden. It hit this point where, you know, they started dying. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, I get it. You know, people have to die. It's a war. It's casualties and whatnot. But, you know, they just kept dying and they kept dying. And I'm like, okay, they got to stop <laughs> with what they're doing right now. And I remember being legitimately angry. I was I was very angry at the fact that they had killed... Oh, my brother's in the background. So <laughs> he still hasn't seen it yet. But I was very very, very angry over the fact that they had killed off everyone. So I was just like, what is even going on? For I like I remember thinking this has to be one of those like fake endings. Uh, uh, this must be like a joke. The where's the actual movie? The actual ending to the movie. Um and you know, I I went in thinking, well, I had already been quote unquote spoiled by those evil Twitter troll accounts and they had sent tweets to people saying that this and this person so and so is going to die and whatnot. So I mm. fell for it. You know, I saw that two characters are going to die, ch- saw and cheer it, and I was like, forget it. You know, I already I'm going into this movie already knowing who these people are, who who's going to die. So I was mm. surprised, needless to say, <laughs> that they all died. Um mm. and I, I think that's what really like that and the rest of the movie was great. I just I did not like the fact that they all died and I just felt like it it was bad writing to me. Like I, I really came across as that to me and I felt I was very disappointed uh, and I kept telling people you know it was a movie about hope and I didn't feel that I didn't I didn't I was completely crushed by the end of it and like the that stuff with Leia and Vader at the end was really cool but I was still digesting what had just happened with everyone else that I didn't really care what was happening that led up to a new hope I you know like I just have so many words to say about the movie in, in regards to that that part. But everything else I really enjoyed. You're completely right about you go through the loss of all of these characters that you just got to know. And it's very emotional. And that's after 45 minutes of high intensity warlike action on the screen and everything happening. And you just go from like smash right into that into Radis's ship getting the, the plans and vader coming and having that vader moment and then right to leia and you know hope and everything's cool you know it it, it it's very like abrupt mm-hmm. i didn't i i never pictured the movie ending that way and dovetailing right into a new hope 
I thought we get the plans and we'd see more things like, oh, they go back to Yavin 4 and um, there's more hope. You know, we have these plans and the sacrifice of these rogues, you know, will not be forgotten and that kind of stuff. Right. But yeah. We, I mean, to go right into it. I mean, uh, that that was a little bit jarring. I agree. As far as the movie itself, I loved it on repeat viewing. It definitely flows better. I had a big problem with like maybe the not the prologue with young Jin and um, Krennic and and everything that happened with the Ursos and all that stuff. What planet is that, by the way? It starts with an L, and I can't remember. I remember making fun of it earlier. <laughs> That's all I remember. But uh, yeah, I can't remember. Loma, Lomasu, Lomasu. I, th- I want to say Lomas. That's probably not it, but I'm just gonna say that. Um, <laughs> um, but like all the stuff on there was fine. But after that, the next like 10, 15 minutes after that was so like quick cut and quickly edited together. That it was very, it took me completely out of it, and I didn't, I, I still don't really enjoy that part of the movie. Yeah. Um, but it does flow a little bit better after you see it the first time because it's so jarring at first. Mm. From the time they get to Jeddah and meet Chirrut and Baze and all of that stuff, from there on, it's, I loved it. Before that, see, Joni, you had a problem with the last third. I had a problem, I guess, with the first third. <laughs> as 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 somebody who likes films, I was just like, this is so, no. Why, why is she in prison and all of a sudden in a tank? And why are we hopping around so many different planets in one span of three minutes? What's happening? Yeah, yeah. I was wondering what casual fans were thinking of in that moment. Like, oh, were I they know a couple track casual of... fans. Yeah. They were completely lost. They checked out. And said, you know, I, they just went along for the ride from there. Mm-hmm. Story-wise, they knew it was about stealing the Death Star plans. And that's where they picked it up in their heads. They, yeah. they were completely lost after the first 10 minutes. Yeah, like I feel like Saw, Saw, Saw's part, I don't know whether people connected with who that character was. Especially if you didn't keep up with... You no, know, a, lot of people, a lot of people I talked to didn't connect to Saw at all. Plus, they had no idea who he was. They didn't understand. Mm. And I'll be honest... I didn't enjoy any of the soft stuff. Mm. It just didn't feel like it, it didn't feel necessary to the film to have saw in there. It could have been any fractured part of the rebellion that was an offshoot of it that didn't agree with all of their tactics. Mm. I don't I don't really this is where rebels comes in and now that we know he's going to be on rebels, I'm hoping that helps explain a little bit. Yeah. But for as part of just the film I didn't connect with Saw at all. Like when he died, I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't happy with that one either. Uh, just the way that the way that it happened. Like I, I, I kind of understood it, but at the same time, I wanted him to fight uh, against it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like he just removes that hose, and I'm like, yeah, but what does that do? Like, is he just taking like one last breath of fresh air? I guess is that what we're supposed to get from that, or but I. I so that part I didn't connect with, but like as far as like our six quote unquote heroes, like loved all of them. Yeah, yeah. Every single one of them. Cassian was was awesome. I love how he felt like he was trapped in the rebellion in his role in the rebellion, and Jin helped him escape that, gave him hope. That's where I think hope came into the movie mm, was mm-hmm. all of them having hope, finding hope with each other. And knowing that yeah. they could do this task, I didn't 
get the whole overall sense of hope for the galaxy from this at all. Mm-hmm. But I love the movie. <laughs> uh, Krennic was amazing. I'm s- that see that's where it dovetails for me from Jonah's point too. With all of them dying, they killed everybody. Yes. Oh yeah. Everybody is dead. All of the Death Troopers are dead. Krennic is dead. Shore Troopers dead. Shore Troopers <laughs> all dead. All dead. <laughs> Just, yep. Everybody's dead. Krennic's like, death I'll... was my favorite, though. You know, like that was a taste of his own medicine. That was yes. genius. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was earned and very poetic, and I love that. Yes, mm-hmm. but at, at the same time, I, it's like I told you, Jonah. Somebody could have survived, whether it was Someone. from the Empire or the Rebellion <laughs> side. You know, one person. <laughs> one person could have survived. Yeah, but it's like they knew. That people would have questions coming out of the film being like, well, why is it? That's one of my least favorite questions. Well, why is any of this in the old movies? Because it wasn't there. It's not, it wasn't, it's not, that's just one part of the story. There's so much happening yeah. everywhere else. This is a galaxy far from and, yep. and I kind of feel like they thought to, to quell those questions, we have to eliminate everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of bothers me. I didn't like, like, who's, why couldn't they have Jin and Cassie and get off? planet uh, get off scarif at the end and they just became part of the rebellion just like the ghost is flying around everywhere on screen every five seconds during the dog fights they're just a part of the rebellion I mean, if one person had to live i think it should have been bodhi okay just let me bodhi. talk about bodhi bodhi rook did nothing wrong he was just <laughs> i am so upset about so him upset. i'm so bodhi i'm trying so hard not to be loud because i don't think any of my roommates have seen this movie yet but i am so upset about <laughs> bodhi rook dying you guys like he had the worst death he the did. Worst, absolute worst most like unjust death I am so. I'm gonna go to my grave angry about <laughs> Bowie Brooks' death. You guys, like, I I have mild c- critiques about the rest of the movie. I think there's a giant lull within like the first half of the movie that just yes. makes it really hard. Just like you said, very jarring at certain points when you're reminded that you're watching a war film, but. Bodie Rook did nothing wrong. He was just trying <laughs> to do his best. And how dare he get killed that way? I'm so bad. Oh, <laughs> like I remember going in thinking, okay, we gotta protect Bodie. You know? Oh my god! Oh my god! No! Oh. Like, how could you do that to my son? <laughs> to my son. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and um, I cried. I got misty a couple times, but I out outright cried. Like three times, um, I cried during the dog fight scenes up above mm-hmm. Scarif because it was just oh, that was it was just awesome so, stuff. It was just General, so great. General Merrick, Blue Leader, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, oh my God. gosh! <laughs> and seeing the ghost, the ghost. <laughs> it was so prominent in so many scenes. Me and my friend yeah. and I counted seven times. Oh my God! I was so excited and just hearing Harris General. Ah. We're going with Hera with that, right? Yeah, she it has to be. It has to no, be. There's no way Chan would stick around Heck if Hera no. was dead. Like, no, no. <laughs> and 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 they're not gonna drop Sindula and then say, oh, you know, it's actually Chan, not Hera. Like people are gonna automatically totally, assume yeah. it's Hera. It, it, there's no way that's Chan, and I refuse to believe people who are like, no, it's it has it's it's Chan. Maybe, I'm like, no, stop, maybe please. It's, <laughs> maybe it's Mal Sindula, like I said, he's <laughs> over the ghost. 
But uh, no, that like that, I cried during that part. I cried when um, K2SO died. Oh gosh. Uh. And I cried the hardest when Chariot died because he's he's. Yeah. Oh. He was so great. He was by far my favorite character. Yeah, yeah. Bodhi and Chira were like, I mean, I love Cassie and I love Diego Luna, but at the same time, I was just like, Bodhi and Chira and and, and Baze. And <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I love these characters so I much. I love Baze so much more than I thought I was going to. I thought he was just going to be like a one note, I have a really heavy artillery gun shooting things guy. Mm-hmm. And he was so awesome. Him and Chira are like, uh, I just want comics and novels and movies just about those two doing anything just riding yeah. around in a land speeder arguing about like you know like coffee yeah. like, <laughs> like i want that man these characters yeah i think that that's where the movie really shined was creating characters that made you love them so much yeah I've seen so many people complain that they didn't get enough characterization from like it's all there i'm sorry no that's just lies i don't i don't agree with any of yeah i don't agree with any of that those criticisms at all i got how close chariot and bays were just from the beginning seeing them together the first time yeah you got the impression that you know Baze looks over, looks after Chirrut just by the Even way that they were positioned. Yeah. And, <laughs> Don't and make this me is, cry, this man. Thing too. <laughs> like, like a, this is the thing, too. Like, as, as a, not only as a Star Wars fan, but as a film fan, the way Star Wars movies are written is, I, I mean, uh, I think that there could have been a lot more dialogue in this movie, even though it is a war film, even though we have to have silent, tense moments to really kind of put that feeling of, uh, of danger into a prominent spot. I feel like there could have been a lot more dialogue. But uh, to that same degree, I think that the characterization in this movie was done very beautifully because of the incredible cast. Like, this cast did not disappoint when it came to conveying the type of people that they were playing. Yeah. There's no weak link for me in the cast. Yeah, no. there's no weak player. Mm-mm. Dang, so good. Right down to Steve Bloom. Uh, okay. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question that I've seen floating around Twitter a lot the past couple days. A lot of people are saying that they think this movie makes Rebels obsolete. Really? People are happy that I, that I haven't noticed those tweets because I, I jump in on those conversations and they wouldn't I've hear seen more and more people see it as a way of justifying their opinion that Rebels doesn't need to exist. I mean, it's just if you don't care about the inner workings of the galaxy, if you only care about like the direct timeline and you're only a movie watcher, then whatever. It's up to you to make those decisions not to watch the TV series, or read the books, or whatever. It's your hobby. But, to that degree, Rebels tells a lot of different stories and closes up a lot of loose ends, not just from Clone Wars, but from the books and from the expanded universe now. It's playing such a huge part in bringing the EU back, and so that is why we host a Star Wars Rebels show. Ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Mic drop. Boom. (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. I, I, I don't I I just feel like people who think that way aren't seeing how rebels contributes to the to the bigger picture. And mm-hmm. Rogue One as great as it was, that's what 
people wanted to see in Star Wars Rebels. I that that's what they had expected, and that's the thing that when I watched this movie, I went in with expectations, and that's why I ha- I'm so critical of certain points, just like how they're critical of Star Wars Rebels because they went in when they're with their own expectations. So it's like we sometimes we just have to step back and just see how this part affects that part and it does rebels affects it in a big way that corvette Mm -hmm. that hammerhead corvette had it not crashed into the star destroyer had it not existed because it was introduced in rebels it wouldn't have crashed into the the thing and the signal wouldn't have gone up and blah 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 you know like like there there are reasons why these things happen so (laughs) and rebels is it plays a part in that however small it might seem it it does and it's just disappointing when fans don't really take it into consideration like it's it's a a very small piece of the puzzle and without that puzzle you know it's it's just a crappy puzzle that you just won't throw away (laughs) because <laughs> you're missing, missing a piece. pieces <laughs> so um, ah. yeah I, I i agree with i, I agree with both of you like it, you know everybody's entitled to their own opinion mm-hmm. i'm not going to begrudge anybody of that if i don't agree with it but I, it's just there's you don't have to enjoy every aspect everything that lucasfilm decides to give us as well if you don't enjoy rebels that's fine you know but to the de- denigrate it down to being like obsolete or just completely it it didn't like taking it away its existence does not make sense to the overall tapestry of star wars anymore it's firmly ensconced right Mm -hmm. it might not have had an effect on you but i know a lot of people who are star wars fans now because of star wars rebels absolutely me too that's another thing Lots of my, both of my nieces are now Star Wars fans because of Rebels. We couldn't get them to watch the movies because they were just too young. And so when they became, they reached that age, like just as Rebels came out. And so now they're like Star Wars fans. And they they were uh, Leia and Padme for Halloween last year or this year. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing too. Gatekeeping fans in Star Wars need to go away. <laughs> I I witnessed this after Rogue One. People were like, people were leaving excited in that. And I I witnessed a gentleman telling a young girl, you know, well, you haven't been a fan as long as I have. So this is your Star Wars. It's not mine anymore. I'm going to go non PG here. That guy can screw off and kiss my ass. Mm. (laughs) He doesn't deserve Star Wars. Fans like that are the problem. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, luckily, I I've known people like that. When I I'm from, I'm from a little suburb of Cleveland in Ohio. There are plenty of fans like that here. I am so happy here. I'll I'll, I'll get emotional here. I'm so happy that I've met people like you, Jonah, and you, Katrina, and everybody I've met through Twitter and fan gatherings and conventions and that. Because I actually have people that want to talk about Star Wars with me. And fans like that don't deserve us. Mm, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they don't deserve Star Wars. So if anybody tells you you can't like Star Wars because you like Rebels or you liked Rogue One and that was your entry point to Star Wars, don't pay them any mind because we are here for you and we will discuss Star Wars with you whenever you want. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I'm. Thank you, Jeremy. That was beautiful. <laughs> I agree. I, 
Yeah, I can't absolutely. stand gatekeeping. I hate it so mm-hmm. much. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think honestly, it's just it makes fandom boring. Like, what are you going to do? Sit around with the same grumpy people that you've sat around with for the past twenty years and not talk to anybody new about? They can. You know what? They can. They can stay in their dark living room with their slave Leia pictures and <laughs> live in their own stupid universe. And I don't want anything to do with any of those people. All of us are going to have a party and it's going to be great and everything is going to be wonderful over here. So, yes, uh, doubling and seconding that statement, Jeremy. Gatekeepers are terrible and we will be here to discuss all Star Wars with all Star Wars fans. Indeed. Um, I, but yeah. Like, you know, and I think that that speaks to the point where, like, you know, it's it's fine to have critiques of something that you you did like. And, you know, I'd say that I do like Rogue One and I did like Rogue One. I want to say, honestly, better than The Force Awakens. And I quite like The Force Awakens. But Rogue One also has a major lull that now, you know, that I've seen it twice, I can say that, like, that's prominent to me and it bothers me about the movie. But everything else about the movie a lot of other points about the movie are, are very finely put together that make it so memorable and emotional for me. And uh, the performances were honestly some of the best, like the best in the saga. They were so emotional. The, just the very looks in the actor's eyes were things that would pull you in and make you feel like this direness that they their character feels. So... I absolutely, I love this movie for that. And I don't like this movie for other points. And I, the fangirl in me, in me loved this movie for that final scene with Vader in the hallway. And then you turn down the hallway and there's Leia. And oh my God, everybody's here. And it was great. <laughs> I agree. Like, I, I watched this through three different lenses. And yeah, so I have a lot of feels about this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's something that I'll definitely be watching over and over and over again. <laughs> And I'm sure I'll fall in love with it more and more as I watch it. So I agree. You don't have to if you don't, you know, like it's it's fine. Like, but yeah, I I, want to say like I'm I'm impressed. And I'm I think that what Rogue One spells out is that if the other anthologies are given lots of care, they can be even better than this. And this was already very, very fun. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's about it for our show. Uh, in about an hour and a half, I have to go to my next screening of Rogue One. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead <laughs> and close it up and clear this lump in my throat because I started thinking about Bodie again. And <laughs> yeah, okay. I think that's about it for us. Jonah, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me as at Blue Jake Eyes on Twitter and at thewookiegunner.com. And that's two E's in Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeremy. You can find me on Twitter at Jeremy Ohio. Come yes, talk Darth Maul with me. <laughs> yes. yes. All day, all the time, all mall, all the time. Um, you guys can find me anywhere if you look for Okatrina that's Katrina with a C and if you guys are looking for this podcast on Twitter we are team underscore Kanan and if you're looking to email us with your comments, questions, theories or any other things that you'd like read on the air email us at contacthwtk at gmail.com if you're listening on iTunes thank you, hello if you're listening on the wookiegunner.com thank you and hello and everywhere else uh, and if you're able to give us a rating, please do and make it a really good one so that we can thank you and send you good vibes through the Force. Until next time. The Force is with me, and I am one with the Force. Yes. yes. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.